too. Um, so I can kind of ignore the adults and just enjoy the kids this morning. So come on down. All right. All right. All right. Come on. This helps. Make room for everybody. Here, right over there. You can sit right there. How's that look? You guys are all right. Everybody got a spot? All right. Well, this morning I want to tell you a story about four boys who were kidnapped by a king, along with a group of good-looking, smart, rich kids, and taken to Iraq, which was known as Babylon, 2,600 years ago. Well, the king took all these boys to Babylon because he wanted the smartest and the brightest young men to be able to serve him in his court. Now, they were all foreigners, and so he, he had to have them go to school for a while. And so he set up a special school just for those boys, where they would learn all about the history of Babylon, and they would learn about the greatness of King Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, they would learn to speak the language so they could do what he asked them to do. And uh, he really, really wanted these boys to succeed. Now, the king liked good food. Not necessarily food that was good for him, but food that he liked, because the king could eat anything he wanted. And he had a tendency to like uh, greasy fried foods and pork chops, and, and uh, he liked uh, the kinds of food that really tastes good, but maybe isn't so good for you. And he liked to drink a lot of wine, okay? And he decided if these boys are going to serve him, they need to learn the good life that he has. And so he ordered them to be able to eat everything he eats. All kinds of greasy fried foods and junk food and stuff that wasn't good for him, but really tasted good. Well, when they brought all the food before the boys, one boy in particular, a boy by the name of Daniel, saw all that food and he said, uh-oh, i got a problem. Because his mom had taught him to choose wisely when it came to healthy food. And his religion said he shouldn't eat stuff that's bad for him. In fact, God had said there are some things that he should not eat at all. And they were all laid out there in that buffet waiting for him. And then all that wine, he looked at that and he goes, uh, I'm too young for that. I'm too smart for that. You know, if I'm going to learn in this school and, and, and do what I'm supposed to do, I can't be drinking and messing up my head. And, you know, I don't want any of that stuff. So he, he, he called the principal of the school and he said, i got a little problem here. I know the king is trying to give us some good stuff to eat, and, and I really appreciate it, but the God I worship says i got to take care of my body. I can't eat some of this stuff, uh, and I can't drink that wine. Um, how about you just let me eat the stuff on the veggie tray and, and, and drink some water, okay? And the principal said, I don't think so because the, the king will get upset because, you know, you're not going to be as healthy. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to look all shriveled up from eating just veggies, you know. You've got to have that mm, good stuff. And he said, okay, how about you give us a test? For 10 days, let me and three of my friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the four of us, let us eat nothing but veggies and drink water. And at the end of the, the test period, you decide who's healthier. And you decide what to do. The principal said, okay, I can do ten days. Well, at the end of ten days, 
Everybody else was eating all the king's food. They were all fat and greasy. And they'd been drinking. And they were sitting around belching and passing gas, you know. And, and it, it was really disgusting, you know. But the four guys that ate the healthy food, they were sharp and their eyes were bright and they looked healthy and they'd been working out every day. And the principal said, okay, you guys win. Keep doing that. So for three years, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went to school. They learned everything they were supposed to learn. God enabled them to study hard. They ate well. They, at the end of three years, they were taken before the king along with all the other guys. And the king saw them. And he said, ooh, those are the four guys I like. They look good. I want them to serve me. I want them to work for me. And they did. Well, they entered into the king's service, and things were going pretty good until one day the king had a dream. You know, king woke up and he said, I have a dream. Sorry. <laughs> but I don't know what the dream is and what it means. And, uh, sorry kids, that wasn't for you. Uh, and, and the king said, I had a dream, and, and, and I really need to know what it means. Well, what's, what's this all about? And, and so he called together all of his wise men and wizards and, and everybody who served him in the court. And he, and he got them all together, and he said, all right, guys, this dream's driving me crazy. I've got to know what it means. And, and I don't want anybody to lie to me. I don't want you just to tell me what I like to hear, you know, because a lot of people do that for a king, you know. They tell him what he wants to hear. He says, so you've got to tell me what I dreamt and tell me what it means. And they're all going, uh, excuse me, nobody can do that. He said, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And if you can't do it, I'm going to tear you apart. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do away with all you wise men because you're a bunch of fakes. <laughs> nobody can do that. Oh, only the gods in heaven can do that. We can't do that. And the king says, you're a bunch of fakes. I'm going to do away with all of you. And he sent his soldiers out to kill all the wise men. Well, when the wise men got to Daniel's door, Daniel said, what's the problem, sir? And he told him, and he said, oh, my. He says, well, you know, God has given me the ability sometimes to understand dreams. And, and, and if you give me the night, and, and, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and I have a little prayer meeting, I bet God will tell me what it's all about. And I can do that for the king. And uh, the soldier said, well, okay, you got tonight. Well, that night, the four of them prayed together. Sure enough, God let Daniel know what the dream was and what it was about. Next morning, he goes to the king, and the king says, So, uh, what are you doing here? He says, I, I, I've come to tell you about your dream. And he said, Oh, so you're a smart guy, huh? And the king, or Daniel says, No, 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 no. It's nothing I can do. You know, God is the one who gave you the dream, sir, and he wanted you to know the future. And he's helped me understand it so I can explain it to you. He wasn't being the big shot or anything. And the king says, okay, tell me your dream. Daniel says, well, you saw this huge statue. The king goes, yeah. And he said, the, 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 the head of the statue was made out of gold. And then the sun shone on it. Man, it was awesome. And then the chest of the statue was made out of silver is cool. And then the belly and the thighs was made of bronze, kind of coppery looking stuff. And the legs were made of iron and, 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 and the feet and the toes, they were kind of weird because some toes were made out of iron and some toes were made out of pottery. 
the king goes, wow, that's what I saw. What else? He said, well, then this hand, or it wasn't a hand, without a hand, all of a sudden this, this rock started forming on the side of the mountain. And this rock rolled down the mountain, and it hit the statue, blew it to smithereens. And then the mountain started growing like a volcano. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it covered the whole world. And the king says, wow, that's exactly what I dreamt. What does it mean? And Daniel said, well, God wants you to know about kingdoms and what's going to happen in the future. And, and you, King Nebuchadnezzar, you're that head of gold. You're the greatest king ever, the most powerful. And he's going, yeah, okay, I like that. So after you, there's going to be another kingdom, not quite as glorious as yours. It's going to be a silver kingdom. Okay. The next one, yeah, you know, they, they just keep getting worse and worse and worse, you know. And, and it's, it's a bronze kingdom. And then we're going to have a kingdom that's strong as iron, that crashes all the enemies. But yet there's some problems in it. And, and some of the toes are made out of pottery. And, and during that time of history, God is going to create something new. He's going to start the ball rolling that will become a kingdom that displaces everything and becomes more important than any nation on earth. He's going to establish a kingdom that will last forever. Now, we know that kingdom is what? The kingdom of God and the church of Christ. Well, Daniel may not have understood all that, but the king thought that was pretty cool. And especially the king liked the part about him being what? What, what, was, what was the king in this idol? The gold head. Yeah, yeah. Well, the king liked that so much, he got a big head over the deal. And he kind of started thinking, whew, that's a pretty cool story and talks about the future, but the most important thing is that I am the gold head. And he got thinking, mm, I need to. Make sure everybody knows that I'm the most important king ever. And so he builds a statue, a real statue this time. Now, we're not sure if it's a statue of him, but I, there's a pretty good chance it was. Probably made out of gold or gold plated, it looked like. And it was 90 feet tall. This is, you know, what, 15 feet? So, boop, 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 you know, huge, huge statue of himself. He put it right outside of town, and, and he gathered everybody together to dedicate his special statue. And they all came, everybody who was in town anyway. And he said, all right, I got the band here. When the band starts playing, hail to the king. I want everybody to bow down and, and, and honor me. And if you don't, I'm going to throw you in the fire. I'm going to throw you in a big, fiery furnace. And so everybody goes, no problem, <laughs> no problem. The band starts playing, boom, everybody hits the ground. Except three guys. Daniel must have been out of town. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they just kind of stood there. And everybody's looking. Well, before long, they're texting each other. And they're twittering, or whatever it is they do. And, and before long, it, it, it's Facebook, and it goes viral, you know, here are these three guys who didn't bow down. Well, word gets to the king. And the king calls him in. He says, is it true? Is it true you didn't bow down when the band played Hail to the King? He says, how dare you? 
They said, what? Our God doesn't let us bow down. He says, there's no God who can save you from me. I'll give you another chance. Band, start playing. Guys, get ready to bow. They raise their hand and say, excuse me. We don't really need to think about this. You don't need to do that because, quite frankly, we're not going to do it. Now, our God can save us. He has the power to save us even from you. But even if he doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow down to that big statue anymore. Or the king went ballistic. He said, throw another log on the fire, boys. Get it hot. And he heated up ten times, no, seven times. Seven times as hot as usual. This huge big old furnace. The whole sucker is glowing and smoke is pouring out and sparks are flying out. And he tells his three strongest soldiers, all right, tie up those those rebels, and threw them in the fire. They tied up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The soldiers marched them to the opening of the furnace. And the king said, on the count of three, I want them thrown in. They're standing there, one, two. Then they have Three. Boom, they throw them in, and the fire is so hot, the soldiers fall over dead. And then something really weird takes place. The king's looking in there. And he expects to see three little cinders. But he doesn't. He sees people standing up, walking around. And he said, whoa, wait a minute. Weren't they all tied up? Yeah. And how many did we throw in there? They all said, three. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. Whoa! And that one looks like an, like an angel. The king is freaking out, big time. He says, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Bendigo, uh, come on out of the fire, boys. <laughs> and they came out. And the angel went back to heaven. And the cool thing, they didn't even smell like smoke. None of their eyebrows were singed. The hair on their arms hadn't curled up. You know, their clothes didn't smell like smoke. And the king goes, whoa. You guys really do serve a God who's powerful. He says, I, I don't want anybody to say anything bad about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they didn't. They didn't. Well, things again went pretty good until the king... Had another dream. And this was a weird one. Like the other one wasn't weird. He called everybody and he said, All right, guys, I've had another dream. And, and I'm not sure I understand this one, but I mean, I'm going to tell it to you. Because I saw this huge tree. Big, beautiful tree. Filled with flowers and fruits. It had bananas and oranges and grapes and apples and kumquats and whatever. All growing on it. It was filled with all kinds of birds. Underneath the tree, all kinds of animals. It was really awesome. And then all of a sudden, I heard this voice from heaven saying, Chop down the tree. And, 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 and all of a sudden, they, they started stripping away all, my, all the branches of the tree and, and chopped it down and all the birds flew away and the animals ran away and, and there's a stump. All that was left. 
They didn't call him the stump grinder. They said, put a steel band around him. That was it. And they said, I heard the voice say, send him out. Make him go crazy. Make him think he's an animal. For seven years. Let him, let him, let him live in the, in the dew of the morning and grow hair and get nasty looking fingernails. What does that mean? All those wise men go, we have no idea. We have no idea. Until, of course, he asked who? Daniel. Daniel said, well, king, I can tell you what it means. I, I, I wish it wasn't true. And if you repent, it doesn't have to be true. But the way things stand right now, king, you are that tree. And you provide for everyone and everything. But you kind of think you're pretty hot stuff. You know, you're the head of gold. I know that. You know, you everybody worship your image. I know that. And now you see this big tree that you provide for everybody, all their needs. Said, uh, that's all going to be taken away from you. You're going to go crazy. You're going to be sent out into the field. You're going to live like an animal for seven years until you understand that God is in control and not you. Repent. Change. And it won't happen. Well, apparently the king listened for a few months. Now, sometimes we hear something and we say, okay, I'll remember that. And before long, stuff starts happening and we forget it. Well, a year later... The king's walking around on top of his palace, and he looks out to all of Babylon, and he goes, oh, man, what a beautiful place. And I did it. I built it. This is what I can do. And just then, boom, a voice from heaven goes, you're gone. He went crazy. He ran out of the palace. He stripped off his clothes. He started eating grass like an animal. His hair started growing until he looked like he had feathers. His fingernails got all funky and looked like he had claws. For seven years, he roamed around like an animal, living out in the wild, until finally he looks up and he goes, Oh, I get it. It took him a while. He was a slow learner. He said, There is a God. A God who's in control. A God who determines who's going to be king. I acknowledge you. He went back into town. He went over to Michelle, got all of his hair cleaned up and his fingernails taken care of, went back to work, and he finished out his reign as a very wise king. But there's one problem. Apparently, he didn't share his experiences very well with his son because after he died, his son became king, Belshazzar. And Belshazzar thought he was pretty cool. He invited a thousand of his best friends. I don't know how many he had. He friended everybody. He had a thousand of his best friends come and join him for this big banquet. And they were all sitting around drinking and partying and carrying on. And then he said, hey, 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 hey. I remember my dad, he, when, when, he, when he destroyed the temple in Jerusalem uh, to some god, uh, he took all the gold plates and forks and knives and spoons and cups and, and silver and, and get all that stuff in here. And we're going to have our party on that stuff. 
and we're going to celebrate our gods, and we're going to have a big time together. So they bring in all the stuff, all the gold and the silver, and they're all getting looped, and they're all carrying on. And all of a sudden, that night, hands appear. And it wasn't a laser show. The hand appeared. Meeny, not meeny, 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 something like that. Meeny, meeny, tickle or tackle. Oofarson. Nobody could read it. I can't pronounce it. And they're all going, what does that mean? And they're like, ooh. The king says, i got to find out what this means. He says, I- I- I'll get anybody who can tell me a-, a new Rolex, you know, whatever. Just tell me. Nobody could tell him what it meant. The party's come to an end. I mean, everybody's freaking out. There's this writing on the wall. Ugh. Well, his mom came in, the queen, the queen mother. She came in because she heard there was a big problem, and she called her son and said, Don't worry, don't worry. There's an old man that, that uh, I remember that your dad really thought a lot of. His name was Daniel. And, and he could answer questions like this. He could, he could tell you what God wants. He could answer dreams. Get him in here. So they brought in Daniel. And Daniel comes in, and the king says, All right, I'll, I'll give you anything you want. I'll make you a rich man. I'll make you a ruler. Whatever. Just tell me what it means. He said, Well, you can keep your stuff, but I'll tell you what it means. It means God has taken a good hard look at what you're doing here. You've come up short, and your kingdom is going to be taken away from you. That very night, Darius the Mede marched into town, took over the country, and killed the king. So now we've got Darius the Mede in charge. And Darius decides now he's got to take care of all these people. So he organizes 120 counties in the kingdom. And he puts 120 men over all these different kingdoms and puts three guys over the 120. He makes them kind of like head honchos. And, of course, one of the three was guess who? Guess who? Daniel. (laughs) And guess what? Daniel was the smartest. He was the most honest. He did everything right. He didn't come from Illinois. (laughs) He, he, He really knew how to be what God called him to be. And before long, Daniel was, was becoming the most important man in the land. And everybody else was getting jealous of Daniel. And they started looking. They, they, they had all kinds of, of special inquiries and hearings to find something wrong. They couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel. The only thing they could figure out was that here's a guy who always does what his God tells him to do. Maybe if we can separate church and state a little further and, 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 and say, you can't practice your religion anymore. You can't, you can't walk by faith anymore. You've got to do whatever we say, whatever the king says. And we don't want you asking any favors from a God because the king takes care of everything. The government provides everything for you. We don't want you asking anybody for anything except the king. And let's make that a law. And if anybody breaks that law, Throw him in the lion's den. The king goes, whoa, it's a little harsh. I said, no, let's do it. Let's do it. 
And it's right in the law of the Medes and Persians. You know, even though you're king, you can't change the law however you want. Kings need to learn that. And uh, write it and sign it and seal it and then go pass it. So they passed the law. Nobody could pray to anybody other than the king. Well, Daniel, he didn't pray to the king, did he? He prayed to God. Three times a day. Throughout his life, Daniel would go into his room. He had an open window that faced Jerusalem. And he would look out there and think about the temple. Think about what they had. He would thank God for the way he blessed him. He would pray to God for help and for strength. He did it three times a day. He wasn't trying to show off or anything. That's just what he did. Well, he went ahead and did it. And, of course, the spies were waiting. They saw him. They reported to the king. They said, you know what you said. It's signed in the law of the Medes and Persians. He's got to be tossed into the lion's den. There's a pit down there. The king was distraught. He really liked Daniel. He saw Daniel was a man of integrity, a man of truth, a man he could trust. But he'd passed the law. And now he had to live with the consequences of the law. He said, okay, bring him here. They went to the zoo. They went to the lion's den. It was down a big pit. They looked down there, and these lions, I mean, they're huge, and they're hungry. And they're growling, and they're jumping, and they're nasty-looking creatures. And the king says, okay, throw him in. They threw him in. They locked the door shut. And the king went crazy. He went went home. He, could, he couldn't sleep that night. All he could do was think about Daniel and, and hope that Daniel's God could do something. He didn't know what it could be. He felt terrible. Next morning, first thing, he beat it to the zoo. He got there, and he listened. He didn't hear anything. He thought, I wonder. Daniel! Daniel! Did your God save you? And he hears a voice saying, I'm okay. God sent an angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They couldn't eat. The king was ecstatic. He unlocked the door. He pulled Daniel out, and he looked around to the guys who had passed the law or told him about the law. And it's interesting. A word that, that's used in the Bible to describe those guys said that those guys had eaten the pieces of Daniel. <laughs> they chewed him up. In other words, they tried to destroy him. And so the guys who tried to eat Daniel got thrown in the lion's pit. And guess what happened to them? Guess what happened to them? They got eaten up. Exactly. They were gone. They were gone. So the Bible says Daniel went on to serve King Cyrus. Here was a man who served four kings in a foreign country. He, he honored God in what he did. And he was able to do that because he made the right choices and the right commitments when he went to school. When he first was taken to school and taken away from his home, he realized that there were going to be some challenges out there. There's going to be some temptations. There's going to be some people trying to get him to do things he knew he shouldn't do, that mom and dad didn't approve of, and that his God had said, don't do it. You're supposed to 
take care of himself. He's supposed to eat healthy food. He's not supposed to do drugs and drink and smoke and all that garbage. He wasn't supposed to lie and cheat. He was supposed to be honest and true and a man of integrity. And he made the right choice. And so did his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, they faced some hard times, didn't they? A fiery furnace. (laughs) Hello. A lion's den. But they knew something. They knew that in spite of all the challenges that were out there, they had a God who would take care of them. Now, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, our God can do anything. He can save us from all the bad stuff, but even if he doesn't, we're going to trust him because in the end, it's going to turn out the way he wants it to turn out, and we trust him. That's the way I want you guys to go back to school. I want you to go there remembering that you have a God who loves you, a God you've promised to serve. Your mom and dad have done their very best to raise you, to make right choices. And even when you're away from all of that, you remember that you have a God who loves you and a God who will take care of you. You do that. In a couple of weeks, you're going to be in school. You're going to be making choices. I want you to think about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the blessings you've given, for the encouragement we get from your word, from the great examples you set for us. And I pray for these kids. I pray for them as they go back to school. They'll they'll remember that they serve a God who loves them, a God who will take care of them, a God who will give them the strength to make good choices so you can bless them and cause them to grow up to be men and women who serve you and honor you and one day hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you, Lord, for the promises you've made through Christ. In whose name we pray. Thank you, guys. Let's stand and let's sing.